0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to today's reading of the Daily devotion of 365 Day Bible. I'm Fernando, your host, and I have Anna. a co-host, and we will be in unison reading the Word of God. May the love of the Father come forward in Jesus' name Amen. in our reading and the voice and the Holy Spirit. Yes. May God bless you and prosper you for listening to us and make a difference in your life. We bless you in the name of the Lord. The blessings of the Lord be upon your head. We bless you in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Today's reading starts off in 1 Kings chapter 3 to four thirty-four. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father, David, except that Solomon, too, offered sacrifice and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon's, so the king went there and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, what do you want? (laughs) And asked, and I will give it to you. What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, You showed faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued your faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong, for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom, so God replied, Because you have asked me for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever or ever will have. And I will also give you what you didn't ask for, riches and fame. No other king in the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then he invited all his officials to a great banquet. Sometime later, two prostitutes came to the king to have an argument settled. Please, my lord, one of them began, this woman I live in the same house with, I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There were only two of us in the house, but her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. And in the morning when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son at all. Then the other woman interrupted. It certainly was your son and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, the living child is mine and the dead one is yours. And so they argued back and forth before the king. Then the king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours and each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to one woman and half to the other. Then the woman, who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much, cried out, Oh no, no, my lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. Then the king said, Do not kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live, for she is his mother. And when all of Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king, for well, they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. Chapter 4 <clears throat> King Solomon now ruled over all of Israel, and these were his high officials. Assyria, son of Sadak, was the priest. Elihoreb and Ahiyah, the sons of Shish-ha, Shisha, were court secretaries. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, was commander of the army. Sadak and Abiatar were priests. Asariah, son of Natan, was in charge of the district governors. Sabud, son of Natan, a priest, was a trusted advisor to the king. Ahishar was manager of the palace property. Adoniram, son of Abda, was in charge of the labor force. Solomon also had 12 district governors who were all over Israel. They were responsible for providing food for the king's household. Each of them arranged provisions for one month of the year. These are the names of the 12 governors Ben Hur in the hill country of Ephraim, Ben Dekir in Machas, Shalabim, Bet Meshesh, Shemesh, and Elian, Bet Hanan, Ben Hesed in Aruboth, including Sokol, and all of the land of Hep er, <coughs> Hepper, Ben Abinadab, in all of the Neptor door, he was married to Taphat, one of Solomon's daughters, Bana, son of Ahilut, in Tanakh, and Meg- Megiddo, of all Bethshan near Sedadan, below Jeshreel, and all of the territory. From Beth to Abimehola and over to Jokmiam. Ben Gerber in Ramah Gilead included the towns of Jair, named for Jair, in the tribes of Manas- Manasseh in Gilead in the Arab Gab region of Bashan, including 60 large fortified towns with bronze bars on their gates. Ahinadab, son of Edo in Mahanaim. Ahimamas in Naphtali, he was married to Basemeth, another of Solomon's daughters. Bainah, son of Hushai in Asher and in Alad. Jehoshaphat, son of Perua in Issachar. Shimi, son of Elah in Benjamin. And Gerber, son of Uri in the land of Gilead, including the territories of King Sihon of Amorites and King Og of Bashan. There were also one governor over the land of Judah. The people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand of the seashore. They were very contented with plenty to eat and drink. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River in the north to the land of the Philistines and the border of Egypt in the south. The conquered people of these lands sent tribute money to Solomon and continued to serve him throughout his lifetime. The daily food requirements for Solomon's palace was 150 bushels of choice flour and 300 bushels of meal, and also 10 oxen from the fattening pens, 10 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep or goats, as well as deer, gazelle, roe deer, and choice poultry. Solomon's dominion extended over all the kingdoms west of the Euphrates River from Tipsah to Gaza and there was peace in all his borders. During the lifetime of Solomon and all of Judah and Israel lived in peace and safety and from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. Each family had his own home and garden. Solomon had 4,000 stalls of his chariot, horses, and he had 12,000 horses. The district governor faithfully provided food for the king Solomon and his court. Each made sure nothing was lacking during the month assigned to him they also brought the necessary barley and straw for the royal horses in the stables god gave solomon very great wisdom and understanding and knowledge a vast as vast as the sands of the seashore in fact his wisdom exceeded that of the wise men of the east and the wise men of egypt he was wiser than anyone else including ethan the Esraite, And the sons of Maho, Heman, Kalko, and Darda. His fame spread through all of the surrounding nations. He composed some 3,000 proverbs and wrote 1,005 songs. He could speak with authority about all kinds of plants from the great cedar of Lebanon to the tiny hyssop that grows from cracks in a wall. He could also speak about animals, birds, small creatures, and fish. And kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. Woo. Almost like in likeness of God, oh, huh? of yes. Adam. The yes. same spirit of Adam. He knew yes. what he named them. In, the, uh, in today's study, suggestions for study says, When given a chance to have anything in the world, Solomon asked for wisdom and understanding heart in order to lead well and to make it right decisions. Wisdom is both the ability to discern what is best and the strength of character to act upon what knowledge. Again, wisdom is both the ability to discern what is best and the strength of character to carry out upon that knowledge. Solomon asked for wisdom, not wealth, but God gave him riches and long life as well. Well, God does not promise riches to those who follow Him. He gives us what we need if we put His kingdom of interest and His principles first. Setting your sights on riches will only leave you dissatisfied. Okay, but, you know, I'm uh, Fernando. My, I, I really wanted to talk about uh, the switch over and talk real quickly about the spirit of suicide, you know, um, as I was reading this, the Lord mentioned it to me that uh, it must be, uh, there's a little trick about suicide. If suicide persists in your mind, the thoughts, you wake up with the thoughts, you go to sleep with the thoughts, you keep carrying the thoughts, I'd like to ask you to start talking to your suicide thoughts. Say, good morning, suicide thoughts. Or say, yes, I agree with you. I do want to kill myself. But not today. Oh, no, not today. Say, say this to the suicide. As humorous as this may sound and as off, off the gird, grid, <laughs> say, I thank you for reminding me to thank the Lord for you. You just reminded me to thank and praise God. Amen. Agree with the adversary, which is trying to tell you to kill yourself. Say thank you to the thought and start talking to the thought. Uh, And it will diminish because we are world overcomers because we're born of God. Use it. Use that negative thought to put a positive spin on it by reminding you to start thanking and praising God for the very thought. Do not resist it with your own efforts but let God come in and, and hit it out into the ocean for you I thank you God for that thought just start talking to God and praising him and and see how that works that's all I got, what do you got there?
1: oh wow um, I, I love how you know Solomon wants to do the right thing and like most of us we all want to do the right thing but it takes God's wisdom to guide us into the right thing. Not our own wisdom. Not man's wisdom. Not the degree you got at Yale wisdom. This is wisdom from heaven that can be supplied to you for every problem on this earth. And um, that's that's what stands out most about what he asked for. Uh, an understanding heart to, to rule over and lead the people. And it's like, wow, God, this is... This is not hard. I mean, it's not hard, but I guess what I want to say is God doesn't make it hard for us to to be successful on the earth. He says, ask me in the book of James for wisdom, and I shall supply it to you liberally without reproach. Don't be afraid to approach the throne of God to get the wisdom you need and the discernment. I think that's more important to have those those gifts to be able to have the wisdom in order to guide people even you know not not just for your life but to help others and encourage others to seek wisdom of god so i think god was quite pleased with that and um he said just because you wanted that wisdom you're going to get this this and this so the first thing that came to me and then you read this little reading is, is matthew 6 right it says first seek the kingdom of god and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. So, um, you know, that's where we got to go first. We got to go to the kingdom of heaven, and we ask God to supply us with the wisdom for the day, even. Even if it's a daily thing you're asking Him for. You know, we got to keep asking Him for wisdom for problems and situations, for family members, how to minister to somebody, and so forth. Um,
0: that's a really, really good. Are you done? Yeah, Uh, you you just brought to my attention a very good point. Now, we we agree that we will look for Jesus as we read this to uh, not to keep you here too long. And uh, when Anna was talking, I I was reminded about that scripture. I think it's in Colossians or Galatians where it says that Jesus Christ is my wisdom. Oh yes, yes. Jesus, I I am the rest. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes. I am, the, He is my wisdom, He is my sanctification, and He's my redemptive Savior, and we have to claim those things. Uh, the, Jesus noted Solomon's great wisdom in Matthew 12:42. He reminded his hearers that someone even greater than Solomon was among them. Mm, Jesus yes, is the yes. true wisdom of God. In whom one can find ultimate wisdom. You know, we and we don't access. I don't access that utility more often. Is called upon Jesus. Uh, in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty four, Colossians two seven, a life of wisdom is centered in Christ and in Scripture. Yes, yes. So Jesus is our wisdom. Yes, our sanctification. Yes. our righteousness. Our, in uh, our redemption, you. yes, Amen.
1: amen. That's amen. good. Amen. Thank it's in you, Yes, Saint Corinthians, baby.
0: Amen. So, <clears throat> Amen. Will you anything else?
1: Uh, no, I think that that's one of the things that um, that's beautiful that's that, that came, you know, through other than um, he just God really blessed Solomon. Um, you know what? One thing that I want to he shows his demonstration of leadership with the babies, right? And I as a child always remember, we had a Bible, my mom showed us these pictures and said, see here, this lady, there was two ladies and they were arguing about the baby <laughs> and that's one of the stories that I'll never forget my mom pointing that out and that, uh, you know, the, the one lady said, hey, let him live. So I'm, I'm like, that's, you know, what a way to, to expose the, the person that wasn't telling the truth. You know, there is a justice system in this in this world. And we gotta call on that too in times of trouble sometimes, whether a legal issue or you know, just somebody took something from you. Um God's a God of justice and he wants to to restore all that the enemy's trying to take. Or has taken, but we gotta we gotta ask God to restore the what the enemy has tried to take according to the word. But I just want to say, like a little testimony we had yesterday was that um, we 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 put um, we tried to buy a certificate to go to Sedona. We were really excited about it, and our friends canceled. But um, I called back to try to get my money back because they told me it was under a 30-day guarantee, and I got through this lady in billing who said, nope. You had to have canceled that within the 14-day period. Well, we didn't have a 14-day period, but I was told three times that we would get our money back. So I called up, and the lady, she kind of talked me into keeping the certificate online for, you know, whatever we wanted to use it. But then Fernando says, no, you, you go back, and you say, I want my refund. <laughs> so yesterday, I made the phone call again, and I got this customer service person, and he was kind of nice. I told him a little bit about the story about the the refund that I was promised. He goes, "Hold on." So he got me to this, transferred me to this lady, and um, she right away just she didn't even talk to me about what happened, what was said. She she got on her computer and started processing that refund for us, and um, it it was like that that God fixed this problem for me because, you know, I was committed something. They told me they're going to honor this, and they didn't.
0: Amen. You know, so... You know, one of the, the principles here is re, I'm reminded, is that even if we're the ones who stuck our foot in our mouths, mm-hmm. or, or we're the ones who did the error, or I shouldn't have signed that contract, Right. if we go to the king and yes. tell him, hey, I messed up on this, yes. <clears throat> and I, I'm thankful for it, you got the right attitude, mm-hmm. he will not only fix it, but reward you for going to him. Can you imagine uh what what a deal that is you know that we get rewarded as we go to the king and father i messed this one up just like king solomon's prayer it was very simple like a child says father i need your help i need wisdom today Mm -hmm. so he operated from love from the, the, the father put love in him and put mother put love in him and he operated with vulnerability and love and concern for the people he was just a tender i don't know in his teens when he when he got the throne um so god rewarded him and to us too you know uh when i see people with with the glory of god you know i i credit god when i see people with you could just see the glory of God and their mannerism and Mm, their words and their things, and right away i say, wow, that person is, uh, God has blessed that person because of their, uh, actually, it's just really, they're honestly, what did did, uh, Solomon say? God will bless a person if he's honest and concerned, or, you know, he just went on and on talking about how, what a blessing it is to be, uh, to have God as our father. Amen. So uh, yes. I hope I didn't belittle. Anyway, let's, let's so move on to the New Testament so we yes. won't keep you long. Okay. Uh, we're going to be reading Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. In conclusion from yesterday's Bible study, we only had like a six year gap. I think the last time we recorded this was in 2017 or 2018. So the Word of God does not change. And we actually have it somewhere recorded, but we, we haven't able to bring it up. We have a lot of apparatuses.
1: Okay, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 15. And it says, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their windows, or their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, select seven men who are well respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word of God. Everyone liked this idea, and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus Nicanor, Timon Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Stephan, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day some men from the synagogue of freed slaves as it was called, started to debate with him. They were, they were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Silica, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit of which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the High Council. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the High Council stared at Stephen, because his face became as bright as an angel's. Ooh, wow, that is incredible. Wow, I, I, I love how you know the believers multiplied in the, in this chapter that they speak of. But with that come more opinions and more um, you know more thoughts of how things should run, and people tend to get not always in agreement right um and then they got together and they they threw out the idea of spending time in the word not running a food program you know the word of God is is important to teach the people so that they can grow and then the the word of God can keep multiplying um so anyways they were they were they used wisdom to to uh help them through that um the part about Stefan, um, it says here he was a man full of God's grace and power and he performed amazing miracles and signs. It doesn't just say that once, it reiterates again at 8. So um, it, it goes in 5 and it's mentioned again in, in 8. It says, Stefan, a man full of God's grace and power, performed. Wait a minute. Uh, I read that already. I'm sorry. I read it again on the next page. Yeah, uh, it, says Amen. It, it says none of them could stand against the wisdom and spirit which Stephen spoke, and um, it just reiterates that he was a man of grace, God's grace, and but people started to persecute him and lie
0: about him and spread rumors about him. Okay, so, uh, you know, thank you for bringing that up. You, you. Uh, you know uh, uh, Jesus came so he could duplicate himself and do exactly what Stephen was doing so yeah. all of us what are full is. of God's grace Amen. Power, yes. and we perform amazing miracles and signs among the people to have a continuous faith and hope that is out of the ordinary that is credited to Jesus Christ to to love the Father to to give of our income to worthy causes <clears throat> that is the Jesus in us that compels us with the love so we are made in God's image through Jesus Christ we're full of God's grace and power at different degrees wouldn't you say we perform amazing miracles and signs among the people to demonstrate that God is in us Folks, this is the truth. This is why Jesus said you will do more than I've been doing. Amen. You know, and accomplish more. And you will go straight to the Father. You will ask ask in my name. Amen. And I will do it through you. So right now, I'd like for all of you to place your hand on the receiver or the microphone where the voice is coming out. And we're going to pray for any hurts, any hurts of heart, any broken hearts. Any headaches, minds, any ailments in your body, and we're going to exercise our authority of right in unison. Father, we pray, Lord God in the heavens, yes, Lord. Holy Spirit. We thank you that you made everything good, Amen. Lord. Yes. and you made man in your image. And you said that man and women are good. They are good. Their their livers are good. Their their lungs are good. Their minds are sensible and good settled in love their hearts are forgiving their hearts are good i I command their hearts to forgive and to let go of the grievances and the assaults and the wrong done to them i command those hearts to let go and let let god be and let the water and the springs of water be poured into their hearts and cleansed and laughter may come forth and love and joy and peace It is, hallelujah, it is your inheritance to be merry heart. In Jesus' name, that is your continual feast. I proclaim that on you and to be healed totally by the blood of Jesus Christ. And him himself is healing you right now and restoring you to full stature and measure, physically, mentally, financially, and socially. In Jesus' name, go out there and be a light unto the nations in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, I wanted to say real quickly. <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I, uh, just, just the fact is that I believe that uh, the Bible in in Proverbs says that um, haste without wisdom is waste, or something in that line. I believe the apostles that were bringing in so much resources, such money, they 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 started feeding. Uh, the widows and so forth, and there was a lot of division on that, you know. Well, so what, hap- <clears throat> what happened is, I think uh, if it was Solomon, or if it was uh, Moses, or even Job, how did they take care of the widows and the orphans? Or even, even there's in the Timothy, I believe, where it says, uh, You should uh, be careful with the widows and make sure that they're teaching the younger ladies uh, good moral things you shouldn't feed the widows that are out there dancing in the nightclubs and then having giving them uh it says something in that nature okay what i'm proposing is is that uh, a school should have been opened up and how to uh, them take care of themselves a factory uh of teaching them the godly principles of the bible and teaching others and teaching the youngsters through the resources and, and people have done that through the years People have gotten the resources and developed schools to, to do that. It's just not to create a welfare, uh, give me, give me, but to utilize faith, wisdom, and skills to better the community. That's what George Mueller did. And there was a guy before George Miller that also had constructed those kind of buildings. And that's where George Miller got the idea in the 1800s in London. That's all I got to say about that. What do you think?
1: Uh, I'm going to move on to the Psalm 126, which okay. is actually one of my favorites. I just love this song. Please pray the prayer. It says Ask God to do amazing things for you and for others who are hurting, alone, or far from home. Okay. would you pray? Please? Yes Lord we just thank you Lord for the amazing things that you're going to do for, for us Lord and for those that are under the sound of our voice Lord and for our family members Lord we just we just know that you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or imagine Lord open our our minds open our hearts, open our eyes to see what the spirit is saying and open up the windows of heaven Pour out your blessings over us and the people, God. Show yourself strong. Glorify yourself in every area of our life, Lord. So, wow, Lord, you are the God of amazing. You are the God of awesomeness. You're just a great dad. So we just bless you. We honor you. And we're grateful, Lord. We're thankful for where we're at right now, Lord. We're thankful you provided wonderful air to breathe, Lord, and water, clean water, and a home, and just the basic necessities that we have, Lord, that you say in your word that you'll always be our provider. So we just thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen, amen, beautiful prayer, I agree.
1: And so Psalm 126, 1-6 says, when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream we were filled with laughter and we sang for joy and the other nations said what amazing things the lord has done for them yes the lord has done amazing things for us what joy restore our fortunes lord as streams renew the desert those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but as but they sing as they return with the harvest. Wow! I just think this is so powerful, and I just get touched every time I read that because, you know, haven't we all been to a, been in a place where we are weeping for a breakthrough or we're you know, we're just calling out to the Lord with all our spirit and our heart. We're just it's just we don't know where to turn and then and then we break through and the Lord it just brings great joy to our hearts. You're planning the word of God as you go, you know. You're declaring, prophesying over your problem, and then God just hits it over the park for you. And you come, you you have tears, but they're tears of joy.
0: Amen. You know, uh, thank you, Anna. Uh, When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem. So that says when the Lord brought us out of sin into Jesus Christ, into his kingdom. We were filled with laughter. It was like a dream. No more shame. No more sin. No more feelings of guilt. Our father's running the boat. We're good to go. Just get on the bus and start singing songs. You ever be on the bus singing songs? We were filled with laughter, and we sang for joy. And the, the nation said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. And here we go. Everyone said, restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Okay, let's, again, let's say, restore, restore our, our fortunes, fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. desert. One more time. Restore, Restore our, our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the, the deserts. Desert. Amen. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. So it doesn't matter in what state I am. If I'm hurting and I say these words, I'm planting seeds. Yes, amen. If I'm joyful and I say these words, I'm reaping old seeds. So it's a constant season of planting and harvesting. Yes. in the Word of God works. Yes, it's like Amen. The reason we say restore because God tells us in the Old Testament, yes. the Lord, excuse me, the Lord announces that, hey, no one's saying restore. Yes. They're not saying what they need. Yep. He goes, I've given you the word, say restore. Yes, restore. So, all through the ultimate day, hallelujah, by faith, we say, the Lord has restored Amen. past tense our fortunes. Lord, we have are renewed like the streams in the desert.
1: Amen. Amen. Oh, I love this song. Wonderful. Okay, in Proverbs 16, 26, 27, It is good for workers to have an appetite. An empty stomach drives them on. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze. Wow. Words are destructive blaze. Amen. Watch our words. Watch our words.
0: Lord. always speak well of people yes. we, we judge our own selves when we speak wrongly yes yes we do you know give them the benefit of the doubt we're yes. not god we're not going to be here that long guys let, let our time here be counted Amen. worthy of god's sacrificial on the cross we're his kids and doing the deal We are doing the deal. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make a face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance and give you peace. Restore you in all his plans for your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, go forward and be blessed. Amen. He could not build it until the Lord gave him victory over all his enemies. But now the Lord my God has given me peace on every side. I have no enemies, and all is well. So I am planning to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God, just as he had instructed my father, David. For the Lord told him, Your son, whom I will place on your throne, will build the temple to honor my name. Therefore, please command that cedars from Lebanon be cut for me. Let my men work alongside yours, and I will pay your men whatever wages you ask. As you know, there is no one among us who can cut timber like you Sidonians. Sidonians. When Hiram received Solomon's message, he was very pleased and said, Praise the Lord today for giving David a wise son to be the king of the great nation of Israel. Then he sent this reply to Solomon. I have received your message and I will supply all the cedar and cypress timber you need. My servants will bring the logs from the Lebanon mountains to the Mediterranean Sea and make them into raft and float them along the coast to whatever place you choose. Then we will break the raft apart so you can carry the logs away. You can pay me by supplying my... Me with food for my household. So Hiram supplied as much cedar and oppressed timber as Solomon desired. Cypress, excuse me, cypress timber. In return, Solomon sent him an annual payment of a hundred thousand bushels of wheat for his household and a hundred and ten gallons of pure olive oil. So the Lord gave wisdom to Solomon just as he had promised. And Hiram and Solomon made a formal alliance of peace then King Solomon conscripted a labor force of 30,000 men from all Israel he sent them to Lebanon in ships 10,000 every month so that each man would be one month in Lebanon and two months at home Adonai Ram, Adonai Ram was in charge of this labor force Solomon also had 70,000 common laborers, 80,000 quarry workers in the hill country, and 3,600 foremen to supervise the work. At the king's command, they quarried large blocks of high-quality stone and shaped them to make the foundations of the temple. Men from the city of Gibal helped Solomon and Hiram's builders prepare the timber and stone for the temple. Chapter eight. It was mid-spring in the month of Ziv, during the fourth year of Solomon's reign. Then he began to construct the temple of the Lord. This was 480 years after the people of Israel were rescued from their slavery in the land of Egypt. The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 45 feet high. The entry room at the front of the temple was 30 feet wide, running across the entire width of the temple. It projected outward 15 feet from the front of the temple. Solomon also made narrow recesses windows throughout the temple. He built a complex of rooms against the outer walls of the temple all the way around the sides and rear of the building. The complex was three stories high, the bottom floor being seven and a half feet wide, the second floor nine feet wide, and the top floor 10 and a half feet wide. The runes were connected to the walls of the temple by beams resting on the ledges built out from the wall, so the beams were not inserted into the walls themselves. The stones used in the construction of the temple were finished at the quarry, so there were no sounds of hammer, ax, or any other iron tool at the building site. The entrance to the bottom floor was on the south side of the temple. There were winding stairs going up to the second floor and another flight of stairs between the second and third floors. After completing the temple structure, Solomon put in a ceiling made of cedar beams and planks. As already stated, he built a complex of rooms on three sides of the building, attached to the temple walls by cedar timbers, each story of the complex books seven and a half feet high. Then the Lord gives his message to Solomon. Concerning this temple you are building, if you keep all my decrees and regulations and obey all my commands, I will fulfill through you the promise I made to your father David. I will live among the Israelites and will never abandon my people of Israel. <clears throat> so Solomon finished the building, finished building the temple. The entire inside, from floor to ceiling, was panelled with wood. He paneled the walls and ceilings with cedar and he used the planks of cypress for the floors. He partitioned off an inner sanctuary, the most holy place at the far end of the temple. It was 30 feet deep and it was paneled with cedar from the floor to ceiling. The main room of the temple outside the most holy place was 60 feet long. Cedar paneling completely covered the stone walls throughout the temple and the paneling was decorated with carvings of gourds and open flowers. He prepared the inner sanctuary at the far end of the temple where the ark of the Lord's covenant would be placed. This inner sanctuary was 30 feet long, 30 feet wide and 30 feet high. He overlaid the inside with solid gold. He also overlaid the the altar made of cedar. Then Solomon overlaid the rest of the temple Interior was solid gold, and he made gold chains to protect the entrance to the most holy place. So he finished overlaying the entire temple with gold, including the altar that belonged to the most holy place. He made two cherubim of wild olive wood, each 15 feet tall, and placed them in the inner sanctuary. The wingspan of each of the cherubim was 15 feet long and each wing being seven and a half feet long. The two cherubims were identical in shape and size. Each was 15 feet tall. He placed them side by side in the inner sanctuary of the temple. Their outspread wings reached from wall to wall while their inner wings touched at the center of the room. He overlaid the two cherubims with gold. He decorated all the walls of the inner sanctuary and the main room with carvings of cherubim palm trees, and open flowers. He overlaid the the floor in both rooms with gold. For the entrance of the inner sanctuary, he made double doors of wild olive wood with five side doorposts. These double doors were decorated with carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. The doors included the decorations of cherubim and palm trees with overlaid with gold. Then he made four-sided posts of well, olive wood for the entrance to the temple. There were two folding doors of cypress wood and each door was hinged to hold back upon itself. These doors were decorated with carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, all overlaid evenly with gold. The walls of the inner courtyard were built so that there was one layer of cedar beams between every three layers of finished stone. The foundations of the Lord's temple was laid in mid-spring, in the month of Zib. During the fourth year of Solomon's reign, the entire building was completely in every detail by mid-autumn in the month of Duy. It was completed. During the eleventh year of his reign, so it took seven years to build the temple wow they certainly used a lot of beams a lot of gold and it was really interesting to see how large and strong and amazing the angels were 15 feet two of them with their if the room was 30 by 30 Mm -hmm. by 30 so there was plenty of room to uh have these wings touch each other and I wonder if that's a fair accuracy of some of the, the, the size of the angels that are out there. The ones I saw, they were about, you know, six, seven feet tall. Huge. It wings. is very
1: huge, very masculine big.
0: masculine wings I saw, you know, just white wings that just, you know, came off from the top. Solid, massive wings. Yeah, that,
1: you have to just picture that, you know, that these wings, and it's because it says here. are he placed them side by side in the inner sanctuary of the temple. Their outspread wings reach from wall to wall while the inner wings touch the center of the room. That's huge, right?
0: Wow. Do you see Jesus in any of these scriptures?
1: Um.
0: They say Jesus is the sanctuary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that we can... See it, and and later on we'll be able to spot Jesus, mostly in the in the sanctuary built, the holies of holies. Anyway, I was just wondering.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the only like I was really trying to understand some of this. um, I just took a big. It was a big monumental project to do this, right? When they all the supplies that they were working with, I mean, just gives you. you know, gives you a a vision of what all of this, I mean, it's huge. I mean, all the supplies that they were getting and what they needed, how many workers he had, 80,000 quarry workers, I mean, that's productive. I can only see Jesus in that because only Jesus can be that, he's productive. That's all I can say. He's really productive. Um, The one thing that stood out most is this part in uh, 11, where it says, Then the Lord gave this message to Solomon, Concerning this temple you are building, if you keep all my decrees and regulations and obey all my commands, I will fulfill through you the promise I made to your father David. I will live among the Israelites and will never abandon my people. So, um, I had to read the study to kind of give me a little bit more understanding on mm-hmm. that, and um, basically it just said that, um, he, you know, he promised to uh, Solomon, uh, I'll just read it, God had an encouraging promise for Solomon, his eternal presence would never leave his people as long as the Israelites obeyed God's law, okay? Knowing how many laws they had to follow, we may think this condition was difficult but the Israelite situation was much like ours today. So that's that's what I kind of picked up on is that, wow, I don't, I don't think I could make all those commands if I was there, you know, follow all that. So, I mean, and that is something.
0: Yeah, I'm, I always tried. Um, yes. Right yeah, there. I mean, I'm
1: going to miss it. I, there's no way I can do that.
0: Yeah, way back there, I said, "Well, the commands, those are the commandments, the regulations. What's that? And yeah. the decrees. What's a decree? Yeah. You know." So you have. I was remember trying to study stack upon stack upon stack of uh, do's and don'ts.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's thank God. I'm just thanking Jesus right now for dying on the cross because God, you know, I because I know Jesus, I'm I'm better off than if I don't because I know that I'm covered by the blood of Jesus and I've been forgiven but it it, God knew people couldn't do this I think right Um, the law was to to bring man to the end of himself I believe Um, but let me keep reading here because but the israelite situation was much like ours today god did not cut them off for failing okay to keep some smart small part of the law a law he provided abundant forgiveness for all their sins no matter how large or small separation from god led to breaking god's law not the other way around okay the kings abandoned god in their hearts first and then they failed to keep the laws wow okay so that's real important right there and it says uh, rather than focusing on how hard it is to obey god we should focus on maintaining close fellowship with him through faith as we put our faith in him he gives us the power to obey but when we close our hearts to god we soon lose his power and presence no matter what we have done in this in this past in the past we can turn to him in faith, receive his forgiveness, and experience renewed fellowship and strengthen um, from him. So I better understand that that when I I I the more I go uh, get away from God today, then the harder it is for me to continue to walk in his ways, right? Um, even though. You know, if I'm walking in fellowship with it with him that's gonna help me guide me to you know keep going according to his his guidance or his wisdom or his you know what does he want Anna to do not what does Anna want to do type of thing so I think that's a really important thing in that um, I'm gonna miss the mark but I'm I know I'm forgiven but it's it's when you, when you steer away from God that you start to miss the mark more and more and more. And that's where you fall into a place where sometimes it's hard to get back in. You know, whether that's an addiction with something or just, you know, unforgiveness, right? So we just got to keep seeking God daily to keep on, you know, what does he want? What does he require of us? To be compassionate, full of grace, full of love. You know, it's, we're always being guided by him, and, and it's, I don't know, I think that we have to keep that in mind, you know.
0: Amen, amen. Well, fine. let's go ahead and uh, I guess we can move on. We can still be picking a lot of things in this, but most of it is uh, extremely interested and Hiram has such a good heart for the son of David that he wanted to participate. Mm, yes. You know, and it's kind of interesting that for my household, his household can eat a hundred thousand bushels of wheat in one year, and a hundred and ten gallons of pure oil. Yeah. Boy, those were some thirsty <laughs> kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I guess he was talking about the whole workforce. Yeah, I mean you know, that's massive. Yeah, that's massive. A uh, hundred and ten thousand gallons of pure. Oil.
1: All their boy. That I mean, that's I mean that I just can't even wrap my head around that. You know, it's just huge,
0: right? Amen. All right, let's huge. go ahead and um, move I'll read on. Acts,
1: Acts chapter seven, one to twenty-nine. Then the high priest asked Stephen, "Are these accusations true?" This was Stephen's reply: "Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in." mesopotamia before he settled in haran god told him leave your native land and with your relatives and come into the land that i will show you so abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in haran until his father died then god brought him here to the land where you are where you live now but god gave him no inheritance here not even one square foot of land God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his descendants, even though he had no children yet. God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where they would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God says, and in the end they will come out and worship me here in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. And the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs of the Israelite nation. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, And they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom. So that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all Egypt and put him in charge of the the palace. But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to egypt he died there as did his our ancestors their bodies were taken to shechem and buried in the tomb abraham had bought for a certain price from hamor's sons in shechem as the time drew near when god would fulfill his purpose to abraham the number of our people in egypt greatly increased increased but then a new king new king came to the throne of egypt who knew nothing about joseph This king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born a beautiful child in God's eyes and his parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was powerful in both speech and action one day when moses was 40 years old he decided to visit his relatives the people of israel he saw an egyptian mistreating an israelite so moses came to the man's defense and avenged him killing the egyptian moses assumed his fellow israelites would realize that god had sent him to rescue them but they didn't the next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men he said, Your brothers, why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you ruler and judge over us? He asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that he fled the country, and he lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his two sons were born. Amen
0: you know it's really interesting how Stephen goes into wow yeah into the uh talk to the high priest into the the foundation of a beautiful sermon you know mm-hmm. it's just an mm-hmm. incredible sermon that it mm,
1: yeah.
0: covers and i really the way it covers over joseph he said and god rescued him was with him <clears throat> and rescued him from all his troubles how would you like god to be with you and rescue you from all your troubles and on top of that to give you great unusual wisdom yeah i would love it wow a, you know, <laughs> that's one of our first for this yes 2022 day, god gives us more wisdom. wisdom yes you know wisdom is having the knowledge to do the right thing yes and accomplishing the right thing amen and for us that wisdom is reading the word of god because we're we don't know everything
1: right
0: you know we want to know how to make better choices. But, the right timing of God, what to say, where to go, and who to minister to. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, I think what you said it well is that that's an amazing, he, 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 I was trying to understand all the connection that he was going through as he started with Abraham, and then he went on to what, you know, that there was Isaac and Jacob, and, and then he went into Joseph and what happened there and the wisdom. And, but then he goes, goes into Moses and tells about his story. So, um, I'm just, he, yeah, he was so, uh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah, tomorrow we'll finish the rest of the story yeah. on Stefan because mm-hmm. he, he laid the foundation yes. of. Uh, what you know, happens from here? I'm, I'm ready to read tomorrow. Yeah, it's <laughs> a,
1: <laughs> I'm ready to read tomorrow. Isn't it
0: amazing that <laughs> the Jewish people, they say they're still waiting for the Messiah. You know, you, you can be so smart, you can shriek stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, don't mean to be offensive to anyone, but, you know, hello, the scripture says right here that the Messiah will come and do all kinds of incredible things. Then Jesus proved to fulfill, what, 300 prophecies or 300 acts about that from the Old Testament, yeah, we'll that he was in, yeah. genuinely the bona fide Messiah. I
1: am, yeah.
0: Isn't that beautiful? Also,
1: yeah. Oh, wow. Amen. Stephen, you really I mean you really hit it hard
0: there.
1: Okay, can we pray the Psalms?
0: Yes, please.
1: Thank God for the gift of children in your family and community. Yes, I do thank God for the children in our family and our, in the community. Their children are just so special. They're just fun and joyful. I love them. And uh, Psalm 127, 1 to 5 and um, it says a song for pilgrims ascending to jerusalem a psalm of solomon unless the lord builds a house the work of the builders is wasted unless the lord protects a city guarding it with sentries will do no good okay it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night anxiously working for food to eat for God gives rest to his loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord, their reward from him. Children are born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Okay. And Proverbs 16:28. 30 says a troublemaker's plants seeds of strife a troublemaker plants seeds of strife gossip separates the best of friends okay violent people mislead their companions lead leading them down a har- harmful path with narrowed eyes people plot evil with a smirk they plan their mischief oh lord
0: amen i wanted to uh, say something about Stephen again i was okay. reading the uh the description here the new living testament 365 devotional bible it says Stephen didn't directly defend himself against his accusers mm. instead he took the opportunity to summarize his teaching about jesus and show that it was based on scripture Stephan's review of Jewish history gives a clear testimony of God's faithfulness and sovereignty despite Mm, the continued failures of His chosen people and the swirling world events. God was working out His plan. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ were the culmination of that plan. When we witness for Christ, we don't need to defend ourselves. Instead, we can simply recount God's work as clearly as possible. Amen. We can draw on what God has done in the past to show that Jesus is the light of the world, just as Stephen did. Good point. How would you describe God's activity? Have you been looking for it? Take some time to think. Think through what you've been seeing and experienced God to do. And ask God to give you insight and understanding of His ways. Ask Him to Give you his words at the right time. Beautiful. Amen. That's wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for coming to today's podcast. May the Lord bless you and keep you surround you again and again, establish you for his good purpose, and use in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we did
1: it.